This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We're speaking today with Gary Dushnitsky, and he is a professor at London Business School and a former professor here at Wharton, and he's also still a senior fellow at the Mac Institute here at Wharton. And he's going to speak to us about an interesting topic having to do with venture capital and how it's used in the biotech industry, where he has found there's, I believe, two kinds of venture capital. There's independent venture capital that funds these companies that are startups, or there is corporate venture capital coming from, I guess, often pharmaceutical companies, larger companies, and the uh, the way that those monies are distributed and who they back are different depending on the source. So, uh, Gary, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Steve, um, and hello, everyone. I, I have indeed been studying this uh, phenomenon more broadly, the um, landscape for entrepreneurial finance, and specifically some of the changes, the interesting changes we've seen with large corporations uh, investing hand-in-hand uh, hand or side-by-side side with the um, uh, more traditional independent uh, venture capitalists. Um, in one of the um, uh, projects that uh, I would like to focus on today, we specifically looked at what is the effect that um, this uh, shift in uh, the funding landscape has on the uh, biotechnology startups. Now, if I just briefly overview what it is that we have done, we have uh, observed, as did uh, many practitioners, that there has been a change in who provides capital to many biotechnology, biotech uh, startups. Uh, from a mostly being traditional independent venture capitalists, we've seen over the last couple of decades large corporations, uh, pharmaceuticals, playing an increasing role. And there's, from, from a startup perspective, it's great news that uh, there these additional or alternative sources of funding uh, what was really curious uh, for me and my co-author, uh, Professor Elisa alvarez Guerrero, uh, who graduated from the Wharton School, was to understand not just what, is the finan- what are the financial implications to uh, biotech startups, but maybe um, equally important, what are the innovation implications? What does that mean when you receive funding from a different um, capital provider? And if I just briefly highlight our findings, what we find is that corporate-backed biotechnology startups tend to exhibit higher um, innovation rates. They tend to do better in terms of their patenting output, as well as in terms of their scientific publication output, both at the time when they receive the investment, and maybe more importantly, four years after receiving the investment. So we report evidence to suggest that the identity of the investor has significant implication on the startup's innovation trajectory. Which, if any, of your conclusions surprised you? One of the things that uh, was really interesting was to uncover the magnitude of the effect um, of the different investors. Specifically, if I um, take a step for a second and and describe the the analysis, we basically look at a a couple of categories of uh, startups, and we divide them into innovation leaders. Those are biotechnology startups that tend to perform um, or tend to have a patenting output and publication output above the median for the age group. And innovation laggards 
who are basically the reverse of those uh, startups that have below median level of patenting and publication output. What was really surprising to see was that corporate investors tend to um, uh, convert innovation laggards into innovation leaders within a four-year post-investment at a rate of 28%. That is about double the rate we have seen for independent VCs who tend to um, convert innovation laggards into leaders at a rate of only uh, 14%. The sheer magnitude of being affiliated with a corporate investor seems to um, be quite important. And when we dig uh, slightly further into that, we look at a couple of mechanisms that seem to be associated with this um, um, evidence. Uh, The first one of them is proximity, specifically the ability to leverage knowledge, infrastructure, laboratories, and so on and so forth of the large corporation. The second one has to do with the the ability to navigate clinical trial compliance and other requirements that are important uh, in taking science and uh, developing it into a, a drug that you and I can find in the marketplace. Could you tell us a little bit about the study's design? Great. And so the, the final report here basically track back to um, uh, two companion papers, one of them published in the Nature, Nature Biotechnology a couple of years ago and another one that is forthcoming, the Strategic uh, Management Journal. What we have done is we've basically looked at the population of U.S.-based biotechnology uh, startups that have been active between 1990 and 2003. And we have further tracked the patenting and publication performance uh, seven years out. We specifically categorized those startups into four categories, looking at the performance in terms of patenting and scientific publication. You would, you would be anointed as an innovation laggard if your patenting and publication track record is above your age median uh, value for your age cohort, and you would be denoted as an innovation laggard if you are below the median value, both in terms of patenting and publication. We then ask the following question. Those of those that are innovation leaders, what fraction of them have been funded by independent VCs? And what fraction of them have been funded by corporate investors? We looked at two points in time. What was their innovation profile at the time they received the investment? as well, and maybe more importantly, four years down the line, once the investor effect have had a chance to, uh, to play out. What we find out is that there's A, evidence of selection. Corporates tend to invest in more um, innovative startups. But importantly, there's also evidence of nurturing and affecting the innovation trajectory. Corporates um, are associated with a greater increase in, pa- in innovation performance in comparison to um, independent VCs. Maybe one last important uh, point to uh, note is that oftentimes those corporate investments are as part of a syndicate that involves independent VCs along with a large corporate investor. Specifically, what are some of the practical implications of your findings for business or consumers or regulators or other researchers? Well, that's an excellent question, and we believe that there's an um, uh, important implication for at least uh, three major groups. Uh, for entrepreneurial ventures, and especially um, in founders of these biotechnology startups, 
who are interested in uh, offering a therapeutic uh, solution, uh, a new therapeutic solution to the world, what we uh, do is we help them navigate or make sense of um, this new uh, funding landscape. That the traditional um, independent uh, venture capitalists, there are increasingly many corporate investors and so on and so forth. And our finding, to the best of my knowledge, is the first one to actually um, tell uh, entrepreneurs and biotech uh, founders what would be the innovation implication, what would their patenting and publication record look like um, if they were to uh, be affiliated with one type of investor versus another, at least by looking at evidence from past biotechnology startups. For investors, I think the implications are, um, are uh, also quite important. Um, a lot of the findings that uh, we report here are based on syndicates that involve corporate and venture capitalists. And so we call into attention the fact that there are real opportunities for different types of investors to work hand-in-hand in syndicating and supporting research that is both financially lucrative and um, have high innovation potential. And then finally, for policy makers, we think that there's really important evidence in terms of um, the role that relatively new um, capital providers play out. Um, it could be the case that startups affiliated with a, a large corporation might seem as simply um, a corporate um, affiliate or a corporate division and might not uh, be able to enjoy the same resource, federal uh, resources or other grants and so on and so forth. By showing that uh, corporate venture capital-backed startups actually have significant innovation performance, we call a policymaker to uh, embrace uh, those kind of startups and those kind of investors as an important part of the biotech ecosystem. What misperceptions held by the public or the media or others might your study dispel? Well, I think that um, we have seen um, the act of, um, or not the act, the presence of uh, corporate venture capital um, progressing uh, multiple waves uh, over uh, the last century and this century. Uh, some date back the first uh, observation, if you wish, or witnessing of a corporate investor back to the 60s. Uh, we are now arguably in the fifth uh, wave of corporate venture capital. And uh, there's, there's a strong sense of, um, of what these kind of investors can and cannot uh, provide. Uh, what our findings suggest is that, at least in the world of um, life sciences, where you have long-standing corporate investors, uh, GSKs, um, uh, Venture Arm, Johnson & Johnson, as well as uh, others that have been around for many years, such as uh, Pfizer's, Eli Lilly, Takeda, and others, um, they seem to be an important part of um, funding biotechnology uh, startups, and maybe increasingly so as many venture capitalists are rethinking the amount of allocation of funds that they have into this sector. So what sets your research apart from other analysis conducted on this topic? That's an excellent question. Um, a lot of the work that uh, we have seen in this space take a look, takes a look at um, the financial performance. How do different investors perform in terms of uh, financial matrix, uh, return on investment, likelihood of going IPO, and so on and so forth. And we believe that these are extremely important uh, 
parameters uh, and we endorse much of the research either by practitioners or academics. However, we believe that in certain sectors, in the life sciences in particular, it is important to look not just at the financial performance of the startups, but whether or not they live up to, um, to the motto of actually being vehicles of introducing new-to-the-world innovation. At the end of the day, you and I and all of us are looking for new drugs, new therapeutic solutions, and so on and so forth. And we specifically focus not on the financial dimension, but rather on the innovation dimension, patenting and publication of cutting-edge um, uh, therapies in uh, drugs and so on and so forth, in order to understand whether changes in the funding landscape have an impact on innovation and not just financial outcome. What will you look at next? How will you follow up your research? And so we have at least a couple of um, in ways in which we would like to push this forward. The first one is we would try to better understand the mechanism by which um, large pharmaceutical companies support uh, research and development or innovation outcome of biotechnology startups. We already have some evidence in terms of the structure of uh, the corporate venturing units, the relationship with the startups, and how that affects uh, innovation uh, performance. In another stream, what I would like to look at is basically what other sectors in which corporates becoming increasingly important players might pan out. Now, when we look at the world around us, we see an explosion of um, corporate investors. Uh, if it's in retail, um, through defense, if it's in fashion, uh, through high tech, we see corporates becoming more and more active in investing in startups. If I look at some of the findings that we have over here, I think that there are certain sectors that experience a growth in corporate investment that might um, exhibit similar patterns. And so specifically in the automobile industry, where the digital revolution, the connected car, autonomous driving, and so on and so forth, have led GM, BMW, and many others to set up their own venture, farm, uh, venture arm. Uh, these industries exhibit long development time horizon, maybe similar to that in the life sciences, substantial capex investment, similar to the one in life sciences, and could have or are likely to exhibit similar patterns in terms of the role and contributions of these corporates in their support um, of uh, startups within that sector. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.